This episode is brought to you by FireLapse and FireLapse.com. Too often, drivers fail to extract the full performance potential out of their vehicle at the track because analyzing motorsports data takes time and can be difficult to understand. FireLapse is a fresh and intuitive tool to simplify motorsports data review to allow you to focus on reducing your personal best lap time. This year, SlipAngle and FireLapse have partnered together to help our audience go faster. Annual subscription signups using promo code SLIPANGLE or SLIPANGEL We'll get 15 months for the price of 12 and a free slip angle or track tune t-shirt. Head over to firelaps.com and start letting your data be your coach. Hey, Adam, who's this show brought to you by? Hey, well, I have, uh, I've heard it's brought to you by Apex Pro right now. Is that right? What's new with Apex Pro? Well, the all-new Apex Pro mobile app for iOS and Android finally is now available on the App Store and the Google. Play Isn't Store. that nice? Yeah, well, yeah, app stores, the apps, the places you get the apps. I only have uh, the you can download iPhones, a new app have... for free. You can create a user account to log as many apps as you like using your phone as a GPS source. I've done that; it actually, works pretty good. So. When was the last time you drove laps? Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> a little while. <laughs> uh, I I do like the app a lot. I've, I've used it on iPod Nanos as well. Oh yeah, wait, was it an iPod? Nano? No. no, it was uh, it was an iPod uh, Touch. That's what you used it on. Touch, yes, works actually pretty good on that. My my daughter thinks it's a cell phone, so that's cool. <laughs> um, Apex Pro is the app for timing your laps and logging your data at the track. Video rendering, intuitive analysis features, plus the ability to easily share and compare data. It's the best way to learn about your driving track side. It's pretty good. I can confirm some of this. I can confirm. And also. Apex Pro includes leaderboards so you can see where you stack up against other drivers. And Apex Pro lets you see other drivers on track in real time with the crew view feature, which I have seen people use next to the racetrack. It's pretty cool. Um, and you upload your data easily to FireLapse to compare driver with drivers using other data devices. So it's pretty cool, man. Where can you download it? I don't know. How about you search Apex Pro New on uh, iOS and Android? Do it today. Uh, we've got yeah, drivers sure. coming into Watkins Glen International in a couple of days. I would highly mm-hmm. recommend you, if you don't have a data system in your car already, uh, download the Apex Pro app. Do it before you get to the event because uh, you never know. The service might be poor. Uh, usually when GridLife goes mm. to an event, we tend to flood the local towers. So, uh, yeah, it's try- Watkins Glen, though. They can put 300,000 people there. It's probably going to be fine. I mean, we've been to other places. You can do that at Road America, too, and the cell phone service at Road America is no good. That's true. Well, at least it wasn't a couple of years ago. But yeah, the uh, the new Apex Pro stuff is, I mean, it's better and better and better. The first time that we saw them, like in 2017, I was kind of blown away with the technology, and it's unbelievable how far they've came. I love it. So everybody download the app. It's free. Uh, give it a try. Andrew is usually pretty responsive about things as well. So if you run into a bug or an issue or a feature request, I think there's – there is an outlet to uh, be heard. So try it now and uh, join us on the Apex Pro app. Yeah. Hey, Adam, we're doing a show. We are. It's uh, Monday night. Yeah, we, uh, mm-hmm. we've been releasing two shows a week, and for a long time we had a huge 
queue of shows to release. Um, mm-hmm. It's Monday night at 9.30, and I want to have a show to release for tomorrow morning. And there are, <laughs> yep. like, a decent number of people that listen to the show at, like, 6 a.m. So uh, not only do we Crazy have to people. record it tonight, but I have to, like, put it up on the website so that it goes out to the places before I can go mm-hmm. to sleep. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're, we're dedicated right now, at least. Better than those... Uh, 10 tense guys with the FTF going on. Do you know what FTF stands for? No. Oh, F, F the fans. Uh, yeah. Fuck the fans. <laughs> those poor, those poor fans oh, of which I am one, but, um, yeah. Uh, how was your trip to new Orleans, man? You, uh, you drove down in the Luxo bus, the, uh, the old odyssey. Yeah. I love the odyssey. Um, so I've been really, really diligent about managing my vacation time for, um, this year because we have a million events and I have to strike some kind of balance between being a good uh, parent and a good husband and going to work at all the events. So I don't want to blow all my vacation time on travel days um, between places. So that has Mm -hmm. meant that I try and do work um, from the passenger seat and make Ashley drive everywhere. Uh, which is precisely mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do on the way to Watkins Glen with Scott. So uh, you make Scott, Scott Malloy drive you over. Yeah. So Scott's going to show up on okay. Wednesday night, and we're going to leave Thursday okay. morning. And from the passenger seat of the Insight, I plan to work diligently, and at lunchtime record an episode about Honda Insights. What's what's the distance like from Louisville to Watkins Glen? Let I'm guessing twelve hours. I think it's like ten. Uh, let's see. Okay. But we're gonna have to. For make, me, it's like nine and a half. We're gonna have to make good progress because I want to be there before registration opens. So you're gonna have to leave pretty early. Yeah. So let's see. Google Maps, which is not usually a good predictor. Um, of how long it's going to take, it take me. It says nine hours and 38 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. On the show before, I have said that Waze, I suspected that Waze learns your driving habits. I found out yeah. that it's a setting. I didn't, oh, really? I didn't know it was checked on, but Waze learns your driving habits, habits and will give you predictions based on how you drive. So okay. usually like you're lucky now to gain a minute or two on ways. It's impossible. But if you have to like right. stop for fuel or a bathroom break or whatever, it only ever adds time. But like if you didn't stop and if you drove as fast as you normally do, it would be accurate probably to like the minute. I can't believe it. Guess how far Watkins Glen is from my house. How far? You said it's nine hours and 38 minutes from your house. It's 621 miles. It's 621 miles from my house, too. No way. <laughs> yep. That's weird. Yeah, I have to. When you said nine hours and 38, I was like, I think it was nine hours and 38 for me, too. <laughs> That's wild. So I Isn't that take weird? That's 71 weird. up to Cleveland wow. and then take 90 and 86 over. At least yep. it's like on an interstate for almost all of it. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, you and I most we must be identical distances from Cleveland, basically. That's weird. So that's really that's weird. I mean I can't believe it. It's right down to the mile. But anyway, that's weird. Coincidence. 
And um, so I've had like a super busy day. I worked, I worked all day Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Ashley and I like walked around New Orleans and did the thing that we always do. Um, which is mostly just like go into shops and like, this is going to sound corny, but we like buy street art and like we support photographers and painters and whatever else. Cause like, uh, it's the only place that Ashley and I have ever traveled where you can just like walk in, in, you know, a, a quarter mile radius, the number of art galleries and like painters and sculptors and whatever is like hundreds mm-hmm. So you just yeah. like, you walk to the next shop and you, you know, if there's something you like, you just buy it. And that's what we do. So I, I don't think that sounds funny. I think it sounds rad, actually. Um, I think the number of like jazz parades that we saw in the three days that we were there was probably like eight or nine, which is pretty cool. Um, we went yep. to Preservation Hall for the first time and saw a show there, which was really cool. And uh, we ate a lot of really good food, which is the best. Yeah. I I was uh, I was hoping you did that instead of just wandered around and got drunk during the day. So um, that was only yesterday. Oh, just I'm just yesterday. Sunday's that day. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> get, cool. I don't know about you, but like getting drunk is kind of a lot of work. You you've really got to be committed to it. Well, you got to have a plan at least if you're an adult, but um, like you can't just wander around a city and like just die somewhere but well um yeah. the city's open carry laws make things really easy so like uh usually so ashley and i don't go to bourbon street to party what we do is we go to people watch which is usually pretty fun um but you can oh yeah but get something on bourbon street and take it around with you wherever and then when you need another drink you just go back um and yeah. what we did see which was a first for us was um, at late at night on Saturday, there were mm, people that were selling, uh, photographs with their snake. And so in, in like one mm. intersection, there were three people with three very large pythons that you could take pictures with. And Ashley, uh, had the creepy crawlies. She wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. That doesn't seem like it's a good business model for like, uh, being a business. So. No, um, because I, yeah. a snake in, in my opinion is a wild animal and, um, like it's hard to change the fact that it's a wild animal. And so arguably it's only a matter of time before, like it probably does something to a patron that you don't want it to do. Well, yeah, like it's all fine and good, like until it's hungry enough. So I'm just, I'm hoping that they like just filled the thing with food things with food. Well, but even that's um, probably not because, you know, not very loving to the snake. Um so there was yeah, seriously. There was um I fr- I heard about it like on two to- two totally different podcasts, but I guess there was some some vet and this like probably a probably a story on Reddit or something. Some vet that like this lady was sleeping in the same bed. She had like a she was occupying a space with a python, right? Like her and the Python, they're BFFs. Sure, that so, seems so, natural. So she thinks. Yeah, and then she noticed that the Python was losing a lot of weight, and it just wasn't eating, and it wasn't eating, and it wasn't eating. And then the the vet checked the Python out and then came to the startling conclusion that the Python was getting ready to eat her, so it was making space. That seems so. completely plausible. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, not like the animal that you want to hang out with, in my opinion. But, sure. Yeah. Anyway, I think I'm at, I think it was like Radio Lab and um, some other show I heard talking about that. I don't remember what it was, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No thanks, man. I don't want to hang out with pythons at all. Like not they're me. not supposed to even be here. Um, I saw something kind of yep. cool yesterday as we were coming out of our restaurant. Um, we were talking about Rolls Royces the other day, and. I mm-hmm. saw yeah. what appeared to be a brand new Rolls Royce Cullinan, which uh, is their very expensive SUV, uh, if you're into that thing. Um, but what I thought about it well, it was unique, at least something that I had never seen before, was that it was in that, like, um, you know, that matte gray that you're kind of used to see, like, like flat matte gray that you're used to seeing wraps on, like, Audis and stuff. It was that color. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, does Rolls Royce kind of do gun, a matte? Like a gun yeah, yeah. Does Rolls Royce do a matte paint? Yeah. Cause that's weird. Not my style, but you know, kudos to whoever owned it. That's a, that's a bold move. on like, what a $700,000 car. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, a lot of people do wrap high end cars just to protect the paint. Because if you do a high-end wrap and then you pay a shop to put it on, and then when they take it off, the paint's still going to be perfect, you know? Sure, but like um, um, you and I talked about this before, a uh, Rolls-Royce is not a um, not an asset in the conventional sense because it depreciates uh, regardless of what you do. And so, so rapid. wrapping it so or rapid. not, I don't know that makes a difference. Who cares if the paint's messed up? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Richard's been sending us a lot of people. Actually, like a bunch of people have sent me like links to cheap Rolls Royces and Bentleys since we talked about it. Richard in England, he's he 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 probably won because he was sending us like some really really balling like ninety six Rolls Royces and ninety five Bentleys and like those things are incredible and like you can get them for you can get them for like twelve thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, pretty well. Yeah, they're probably a very big liability when you drive down the road uh, for repair costs and all the all the similar problems that cars have. But uh, yeah, uh, very very cool. I would love to be driven around in one, but Me too. I wouldn't want to put the bill. Yeah. Well, like um, I mean, so Rolls Royce, just like every other car company, um, save maybe you know like Chevy and a few other companies, they like source parts from everywhere, right? So. Um, you know, Rolls Royce makes probably some engines, but maybe the transmissions are made by somebody else and the water pumps are made by somebody else and so on and so forth. So like Mm -hmm. the question is, um, like if you had a transmission problem in your Rolls Royce, um, is the repair mechanically similar to a repair that you do on any other, let's say front engine rear drive vehicle, or is like, is it expensive because it's a Rolls Royce or is it expensive because it's complicated? It's probably both. It's probably mostly because it's just weird parts. And if you work on those cars, you're probably demanding a premium kind of like modern Mercedes and stuff, you know, like if you work on those, it's going to cost more because they're just harder to work on, but it's probably, probably a little bit of both, but which one, like one of those, it was Bentley or Rolls Royce. Like the engine was actually like, I think it was derived from a Buick design in the sixties. I forget which, I forget which one, but one of those, like the actual like the old V twelve or whatever that they used forever, was the, the architecture and like the original design. I think was a Buick engine. <laughs> I have to do some research. This is like faint memories of like reading on the internet from a decade ago. But. Plausible. 
plausible. Yeah. But I mean, you can make a car really simple. You can also make it really, really complicated. So who knows what they did? I, we have to work on one and I really don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to work on one either. Kinda, I kind of want to own one. I want to, I want to own one, but I don't want to work on one. Well, yeah. Okay. So, um, that's why I bought, that's why I bought my wife. My, why I bought my wife a Toyota product, a Lexus. So <laughs> maybe, um, maybe if we release some Patreon shows and we grow our Patreon, um, we will earn enough money to buy a 25 year old Rolls Royce. Do you want to make that a goal? So I'm not opposed to it. (laughs) I'm really not opposed to it. So like, it would. uh, I think it would be cool to have a slip angle official Rolls Royce. I mean, you can probably get, you can probably get like stuff at salvage auctions and stuff for real cheap. We could probably buy one of those now. Hmm. Let's see. Uh, It's a terrible idea. I'm I'm full of bad ideas tonight. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it could be a, could be a really fun little uh, thing to cruise around in the paddock. But I don't know if I have a lot of use for a Rolls Royce. Chop top. Man. I really don't drive. <laughs> they there have been chop top AMGs. I yeah. Know that, but, Which I'm sure is probably yeah. better than a chop top Rolls Royce, but I don't know that. Yeah, it's as probably cool. a better idea. Um. Speaking of which, what year is your what year is your Honda? Your uh, your Rolls Royce of minivans? Twenty. Twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah, I rode good. my first Honda Odyssey. My brothers, I, I rode on it the other day. Oh, they they just bought nice one. Car. What year was it? They bought a sixteen. I think. Okay. Um, is ours, that the same gen as yours? Has, no, I think they were a uh, new model in eighteen. Um, okay. Ours has yep. fifty seven thousand miles on it already. Man, I've been driving the daylights off of that thing. Mm-hmm. Ashley, Ashley drove like eight hours straight today. I swear to God, at ninety miles an hour. Like, um, did you work? Did you work from van? Yeah, I worked from the van the whole time. It was great. Um, nice. And interestingly, nice. like, um, you might think that like if I'm quote working from the passenger seat, that it might just me be like me effing off. I got so much done mm-hmm. on Thursday on the way to New Orleans. It was crazy. Because I had like uninterrupted time to like do 500 little tasks that have been on my checklist of things to do for a week. It was awesome. Right. Right. uh, Yeah. Whenever, uh, whenever I'm riding passenger, I don't have anything to do. Uh, I usually get so much done just like on my phone, just respond to every email, respond to all the things. Uh, I kind of love that time. So Ashley drove for, for eight hours. We left this morning on central time. We left at six 30 and at like what? 4 PM Eastern, we stopped for fuel and I was like, all right, I'll drive the rest of the way. So I drove the last two hours. So she's a ripper though. Dude, she, she drives, drives faster fast. than me. Um, but I can what, say uh, the, what kind of- the middle seats, uh, if you're in a middle seat, it, the, the riding yep. experience is different. Where if you if you're in the middle seat, like it feels like you're going really fast. If you're in one of the front seats, you're like, man, this is this is pretty rad. It's like plush and smooth and whatever. It's just like that moving those few feet back just makes things feel faster. Were you sitting in the back while she drove you? I was, and the reason I was is because they have those uh, <laughs> sunshades and things. So like if I'm doing computer work, I yeah. could um, you know keep things kind of dark. Because um, the way my computer screen works 
is uh, like opposite polarization to my sunglasses. So I can't wear my sunglasses yeah. while I work on the computer. So I, I like okay. make it dark in the back and put all the sunshades up. And then I'm like um, plugged in. And the cool thing is I bought one of those um, like 12 volt cigarette lighter things. Um, but my computer charges mm-hmm. with USB-C. So I got one that had enough Watts to charge a full size laptop, which, and I, I bought like nice. an eight foot long cord or six foot long cord, which means that I can um, mm-hmm. like plug in my computer and use it all day. And the battery doesn't die. It's pretty awesome. Actually. Gotta have those, ha- gotta have those hacks, man. Gotta have those hacks. I love it. So uh, um, I made sure to throw it, up my backpack with, so- with reverse, with with reverse polarization, could you just flip your sunglasses over? I'm just curious. I really don't know. Uh, I don't think so, but even if you could, that would I don't be quite know how polarized sunglasses work. Did but. you not? Did they not teach you that in science class? It's been so long, dude. I'm my wife just turned forty. I'm getting old. The way a polarizer I forgot, works I forgot so much about is everything. Uh, take your lens and make it plastic, right? So your lens is plastic and. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way a polarizer works is that uh, the material itself isn't solid. It has um, a bunch of little tiny slits that run from top to bottom or from side to side. And Mm, they're uh, really tiny and they're really close together. And so um, it only lets certain like orientations of light through. Yes. I'm remembering this now. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's how a polarizer works. Oh, maybe you could just flip flip them over and it'll work. I don't know. Or I th- actually, I don't think uh, yeah. if if it doesn't work in one direction, if you to reverse it 180 degrees, it would also not work that direction. You have to rotate it 90 yeah, degrees, which true. means that I would um, yeah. not be able to wear. Close that. one eye. And close turn. one eye and just look through your left eye, and you got it. You're, you're missing <laughs> it. No, you have to turn your head 90 degrees. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Just lay on the lay on the couch, and then you can use your laptop. Basically, anyway, um, i i did a bunch of uh, I did a bunch of grid life things that weren't car things this weekend, but they were just tiny minutia, busy work, all the all the normal stuff. Like what? Uh, but my car is almost ready to go. Are you going to uh, take it to Watkins like, Glen? I'm not taking a car to Watkins Glen now. Okay. But. Um, I will take, I will have a car at the rev up though. Um, and I, I'm planning on bringing my civic to the rev up. Um, yeah, just minutia of a gajillion emails and, uh, moving spots around and finding buyers and contact and bringing them together with sellers and, you know, all the dumb little stuff. And then planning schedule stuff with our clerk of the course at this event will be Gary. Um, so I'm talking with him about how things work. Um, now, did he did he you know, give you a lecture the, with all the things beginning with now, Adam? Uh, no, he didn't lecture me about much actually. So that's cool. Must be making you're, progress in, up, in the legitimacy world. So, um, yeah, uh, my uncle got married. I worked in the house. Uh, did a bunch of little things. Rebuilt my propane grill in, in a couple of fashions. Did a a propane grill from back in the day, they made, they had like these quick these quick disconnect fittings on propane fittings. Sure. Like on the tank. And it was like a two or two or three year span. It was kinda of like an air chuck. But like it it's not very common. And last week I because I, I had two of these tanks and then I like phased one of them out and swapped it out for a regular tank and used it for something else. And I was like, whenever this tank goes goes dead, 
if if it's a pain to refill, I'm just buying a new regulator and hose and all this stuff. And I went to my propane guy because I got a propane guy. It's Ashland Propane. They're they're right in town. I can just bring a tank there. They fill up my bus. They fill up whatever. And he's he was working off of a semi truck instead of his building because like his pump was bad in the building. So he had like one of one of their trucks there. And, and he didn't have the right fitting for this stupid thing. It's on the building, but he couldn't use it on the truck, right? Um, and so I said, F it. I'm buying a new regulator. And that ended up being like a whole wormhole because I have like the one gen of Weber grill that's like weird and stupid. Um, but got all the parts and got a new regulator on, got a regular fitting. And made some good burgers tonight. Some of the best burgers I've ever made. So That sounds Anyway, excellent. made progress with that. Yeah, built my wife an outdoor uh, an outdoor cabinet to do planting on with a galvanized steel top, and looks pretty nice. Uh, got all the junk inside of that, all the planting crap instead of in like a, a deck box, you know, like a bench box kind of thing, which is like not a good way to organize anything. Like a lift open top, throw everything in kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, get rid of that problem and cleaned the garage and then didn't get a lot of actual car things done, but my car's really close. So well, tonight um, I we... put, I put the suspension all on and then like set it down on ride height. And now after two weeks, it's probably three quarters of an inch lower. And so I think it's about time. I think it's about time to actually dial in one minute, even though I've been talking about it for like four weeks. You know, so. you could just like drive it around the block a little bit and it might settle a little bit more. No, I know. I just haven't, I have <laughs> I haven't had a lot of free time. I haven't had much free time at all. So. Speaking of no free time, no. Uh, tonight we had training on how to use uh, Torcub, which is the ticketing system for GridLife this year. Um, but it's also like where no. all the relevant driver data gets stored data. on the back end and stuff. No. Because we've got, I don't know, a half dozen people or so that have to query data throughout the weekend, whether it be timing and scoring or registration or scrutineering or whatever. And so we were being yep. instructed on how to gain access to that. So um, it was something that I think we kind of struggled with a little bit at CMP until we figured it out. And so we were trying to get ahead of it for Watkins Glen um so we were yeah. and it was also like it was in in process still like this is a custom system being built literally bespoke for us so it wasn't quite as done as they wanted it to be at cmp as well that was another big part of the problem so and the other yeah. thing that we're doing tomorrow so we we had a like a team call today at i don't know seven shortly after i got home um and we're doing another like trackside motorsport meeting tomorrow to just kind of go over how the event will run from like the, the different trackside teams. One of the complications of CMP was that we had a new event format. And so people, we, Mm -hmm. we, um, me certainly, but I think you and Kyle and others were like kind of learning on the fly because there were, there were like small details that I certainly hadn't thought of at all until we got there. Like, what's the run order and what does the live stream need in terms of which, which classes go first and all of these like just game time decisions. So um, the the last several weeks since CMP, I've put together uh, a document and shared it with you. That's basically like the event run of show on the track side, which is here's what's going to happen. And here's where the respective teams, wherever they are, Here's what they should be doing if XYZ uh, session is on track. 
And so like, I just want to mm-hmm. go through that tomorrow. Um, I don't like long meetings or at least meetings that are longer than they you know need to be. And so I really just want to like talk through the different teams and say, okay, you know, here's, here's what's scheduled to happen on track and uh, know that this schedule is subject to change. The times are subject to change. What everyone on the team needs to know is what session is on track currently and what does that mean about where I am right now and where I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. next. Yeah, part of part of the problem it seems like Kyle and I we he drove down with me. So we spent the better part of like twelve or thirteen hours talking about run of show. So he and I had a pretty good idea of like the new track battle format. We, you know, we had talked it through a million, million times and I've been thinking about it for a couple of months. Um, but that's like, it's hard to, it's hard to know until you do it. You know, some sure. of the, like the finals, for, for example, the finals, like I knew what I wanted to do on like a two mile track. Uh, and now I'm going to go to a three point something mile track. And I don't know what I want to do on that. Sure. Like, um, so some of that, like I could just space the cars out. I could also run one more car at the same time and be five cars on track. Um, one is on the cool down, one's on the warm up, one's on flyer one and one's on flyer two. Uh, you know, like, sure. cause it's two flyers uh, basically. Um, and then so do I just like space those out a little bit more like is, is 30 seconds in between car, which works good at CMP and many other tracks. Is that going to be good here? Um, so some of it is like, I gotta, I gotta literally just like stay there at the track and think about it. Um, but yeah, all these little, all these little unknowns as we like go into a whole new competition format, uh, for, for time attack specifically, like, yeah, there was a lot of unknowns. Um, and then there was also obviously a lot of brand new ticketing stuff. And, well, and, and like um, some of it was just I even, think, even procedural, yeah. which is like, okay, at the end of the day on Friday, what time are you going to put the scales away first? Uh, you're going to put the scales away cause it might rain. So, you know, where are you going to yeah. put them? When are you going to put them away? When are you going to get them back out in the morning? Who's going to do that yeah. job? How do we like depend on X, Y, Z to do it? Because what I don't want or what I'm trying to avoid is a driver coming up to us on Saturday morning and say, Hey, are the scales open? And, uh, no one knows. And then mm-hmm. we have to rush to go, um, do it. Open them. <laughs> Um, and that's, that's also different at every track. Like some tracks scales are always in the same spot cause it's in a garage and it's not a big deal. And like at CMP, it was in a, it was under roof, but it was not in a garage. Um, and like at Coda, doing it like, at Heartland is super yeah, easy. It's different at Coda because it, it's one half of one garage and we have to move them here and there, depending on what we're doing with the garage. And Gingerman is different. And like every track is different. Heartland is Heartland and road America, are my two favorites. Cause they just have scales and you just got to turn them on and use them. <laughs> Heartland is so, so easy. That scale, it's like literally, it's like perfectly calibrated. Like it's, it's big enough to put like a, a six wheeler dump truck on. It's like 40, 40 feet long, maybe. It's um, like long enough for a top because fuel it, car. Because of top fuel dragsters. Yeah. But it's so, but it's a literally like just a, it's just a giant scale and it's so nice. You just turn it on and Devon's like, Oh yeah, we had it calibrated four weeks ago. He always had it calibrated like within a month of the event. Um, it, it does make it, it makes it nice when you're doing power to weight stuff. So. Well, and, um, uh, especially for yeah. us, the, the scales that we have that are mobile, they're a couple of inches off the ground. They're not set into the ground. And, and that means 
that cars have to drive up right. onto a couple of really like shallow ramps to get onto the scales. Um, the the yep. scales at Heartland are just built into the ground. You just like it's it's a concrete right. platform. You just drive on it and then you drive off of it. And with with any like regular scales like. Uh, like what we have, there's like a 15 by 15 inch pad and that has to be directly under the wheel. And so we've got all these little blocks and we make marks on the ground. So, you know what an S 2000 versus a Corvette versus a E 46 versus a civic, you know, like you get to know like, Oh, all the way tight. That's a Miata, uh, four blocks or three blocks spaced one inch apart. That's an E 46 or a C five, uh, three, three blocks long, lengthwise is yeah. a C five or whatever. I don't know. It, it's yeah. It, I, I put a bunch of thought into like, okay, how can I make something that works for everything? Um, measuring wheelbases and like making, you know, the initial, a traveler ramp in between the two scales and all this stuff. Um, and everybody's like, okay, why don't you just buy the aluminum ones from Longacre? And I'll tell you why. Because they go up like seven inches with ramps that are a much steeper angle and wouldn't work for Hot Boy GLTC cars and also take like multiple minutes to like properly move around and change. And they bend and they break and they're expensive and they're weird. Um, so that's why. They that's literally why I'm not do done not it. A bunch of people have asked me, why don't you just get the sick aluminum ones? Why don't you get the get the ones from race ramps? Well the race ramp ones, if you look at those, the scales are like, you know, five inches off the ground and the ramps are a steeper angle. Like it's all that steeper angle. And we got these cars with splitters one inch off the ground. So yeah. Anyway. So like uh, all these things that you gotta think about. For context, I mean there's I don't know how many listeners um haven't been to one of our events and like might have also been to mid Ohio, for example, but like the, the Lots cars with splitters at mid Ohio, uh, can't get into the garages without like, you know, a, a tiny ramp because the splitter will drag on the, the uh, height change between the garage itself and the asphalt below it. <laughs> Literally the garages that indie cars use. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pain. Yeah, yeah. Low cars, low splitters. I should just specify that everybody's splitter has to be four inches off the ground, and then my life would be easier. But. No, it would probably be harder because then that's a rule you have to scrutinize, and like, then you get this weird thing where like splitter heights changing dynamically on track, and then you'd have protests, and like, I don't know, it'd be a mess. It's true. It's true. That happened in SEC land, and I was there. So, it's one of the reasons that I didn't specify splitter. Right. So, um, we've yeah, got racing is a pain in the butt, dude, dude. Um, we're, we're, dude, we're getting worst. better at it though. Well, I mean, yeah, we're not I mean, getting better. At racing. We're, we're get, I think we're getting better at running events though. I mean, they're not getting any worse at least. Well, let's hope. At least according to like everybody, but everybody but two people in the paddock think they're getting better. Um, something that I was thinking about is there's a good chance that people will listen to this show on the way to Watkins Glen. So uh, something that we are going to do for this event, <clears throat> I put it in our run of show, is uh, one of the drivers uh, that races with us, Eric Fleming in Time Attack, uh, said our driver's meeting and uh, Time Attack Group A are too close together. And this is on Friday. Mm -hmm. And he asked, could we instead um, keep the like 
complicated uh, multi-step process vehicles for, for getting on track like the Group A cars, can we just run them at the end and the Sunday Cup cars that you just like get in and turn the key? Can they go first? And I said, that's a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. Let's do that instead. And the reason yeah, we, that it's attractive. So we've, been do, we've been doing that for competition too. We just have traditionally always done A through D, fastest to slowest. And we don't have a lot of ideal reason why. So, so the I think the cool thing is that uh, at CMP, it was a little bit complicated because we switched which cars were going first during the event. Um, because for broadcast, having the... Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, let's call them the lower classes first makes sense so that you build some amount of suspense. So instead of, uh, flip-flopping, why don't we just make the announcement in the driver's meeting that, you know, cars will run from slowest to fastest in run groups throughout the event. And so doing it this way, mm-hmm. ke- I think keeps things easier for people. Yep. And maybe at club rounds, we do it this way. Maybe we don't. Um, I'm kind of open to either one club rounds are going to be traditional, uh, style for us basically time attack just sessions every session counts same as we've always done so yeah um yeah every session fastest of fastest of your entire weekend sets the sets the podium for the event so um so given that we have a captive audience uh what other announcements do you want to make for like time attack and other drivers stuff that people can hear on the way there we're talking to you people um probably i mean if they read the driver's email which we actually had a pretty good opening rate if you look at mailchimp analytics we had a pretty good opening rate i think it was like 80 percent opening rate which is kind of high um if you read the driver's email you're pretty well prepped uh the biggest thing that i'm worried about at this event um, we got lots of space. We don't have to worry about parking. We have lots of uh, we have lots of experienced drivers coming. We don't have a lot of it's, it's a lot of regulars, you know. Um, but we might have weather, and I'm really really concerned about how, obviously how fast this track is and how dangerous this track is because it's a big boy old school track, right? Um, I really want drivers to like watch as much in car as they can get as much sim time as they can, et cetera. So if people are listening to this and still have time to be able to hop on their sim rig, if they have it or watch YouTube, um, while sitting at the, in the, in the car with the, you know, in the garage, sit in your car and watch YouTube and pretend you're driving it. Um, I think the more of that that people do, the better that they're going to do at the weekend. I'm, I'm literally mostly worried about crashing and having incidents on track because of the nature of a track like this. Sure. So, the one thing I was thinking about yeah, was that's my big concern. Um, uh, just looking at drivers, looking at the schedule, uh, especially on Thursday and Friday morning before the track goes hot. Um, registration has like finite periods where it's going to be fully staffed, uh, and the the people, myself included, are going to be devoted to getting people in and uh, get them registered as as quickly as possible. Um, what we had mm-hmm. at CMP last month, I guess or, you know, I don't know, weeks ago, was uh, Emma was at registration on Friday morning for, like, the entire duration it was open, and it was empty. And then, uh, like, immediately before the driver's meeting, which is after registration has officially closed, at least for the time, uh, there were, like, a dozen drivers that wanted to get transponders and get registered. And it was, like, it put a ton of pressure on timing and scoring 
to run the timed session while also trying to be accommodating to people who showed up late. And so literally impossible task. It's it, yeah. especially she was by herself in timing and reg at the time, which was really, really hard. And, uh, typically there's a lot going on in timing and reg without customers in there. And so when you add customers into that room during that period, especially the first session of the weekend, it's like, it's impossible. So, uh, I would say, um, if I'm available to do reg, I will, um, help her, you know, during the periods where officially closed. But uh, I think the default response is that you have to wait until lunch unless there is someone available to do it for you. Um, you have to come early. You got to get it done early. So yeah. uh, early, early on Thursday, uh, sometime on Thursday, obviously, or early on Friday morning. You yep. can't really show up at the driver's meeting and expect it to work well. So it's not, it's not a good path. Yeah. No, it's not a great path for success. So, uh, we're going to do our best to always accommodate, obviously, but we literally can't like stop doing one thing, which is like literally timing group A cars and then start doing something else while we're doing that thing. But we're going to have extra help this weekend, thankfully. At, at CMP, part of the problem was, you know, people like literally a bunch of people got sick. A bunch of people had like families get sick. We were short staffed um, by a bunch. Um, Families in the hospital. Uh, literally, my dad was in the hospital during the event. Like I was, I was maybe as stressed as I've ever been at that event because of people that got sick. They had people get sick. My dad was in the hospital with pneumonia. Like all kinds of dumb things were happening, and so we were all doing like two jobs. Uh, hopefully, in four days, that won't be the case, but or three days. But uh, well, just my in case, if come meet, early. My hope is that when we meet tomorrow, we talk uh, about how things are going to run and we get some questions answered ahead of time. And I think mm -hmm. having everyone know roughly how things are going to work will help because it will make sure that there are, I don't know, a dozen people that can answer questions reliably rather than uh, go talk to Adam. Yeah, and then I send them to you. So, yeah. And then you asked me the question because because we haven't talked about it. <laughs> that that happened. Yeah, yeah, that has happened. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to, to operate at this track. Like, I hope the weather's good. It looks like 30% rain, maybe stuff like that. But uh, when you look at at the radar, everything coming towards it is like like the entire country is like spotty little rain clouds. Um, so it might be perfect. It might be wet. Who knows? But it's not like we have giant thunderstorms coming our way. It's, it's like spotty rain clouds the entire week. So. I am very, uh, not trusting of weather reports that are several days out. Yeah. You really have to look one day out and then you look at the radar and kind of make your own choice too. Like, what do you, what do I think it's going to be? Um, even this, especially this time of year when, when you've got crazy changes in, pressures and in temperatures and stuff like the you never know you almost got to look at the radar one hour before to kind of know what you're going to get so um anyway um yeah we're going to drive our six hours and or nine hours and 38 minutes and 621 miles and uh, we'll meet each other at the end point i'm kind of excited to, to see this place in person so. i am quite excited to do a show on insights hopefully we release that on friday i'm going to take my computer and stuff with me so that we can do that mm -hmm. um and we'll um we're i think we're gonna try and end this show and do a patreon if we have time do you have time uh, i don't not have time we can do it yeah. perfect 
All right. Uh, maybe we'll call somebody. Oh, and who would we call? Did you do a show with Hayward or not yet? No, I keep. Uh, he was at. They had a rough weekend at a hill climb. They literally got the generator and the timing board and stolen, and like the the cable for the timing system, which I think runs up the mountain, got cut. Oh, um, and I tried to get a hold of him today to see if we could talk to them, but he didn't get back to me today. That's so. Yeah, he texted me like a month ago. He's like, hey, let's do a podcast. I want to talk about EF Hondas because he just built a new Honda from Blake Meredith's old Honda. And he and I have been talking about building that thing for three, for two or three years. He bought it in like 2019, and he's been rebuilding it ever since. And I, I guess I'm his go-to EF nerd. So we've I've helped him you know, along the process, and it's finally a car. So I want to talk to him about that, but I also want to talk to him about all the things happening in – uh, SCCA world, which is, you know, a sister friend world of ours. So, yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, um, if you're interested in, uh, the Patreons, go to patreon.com and search slip angle. Uh, they're there and, uh, you should be able to see new shows pretty regularly, but also there's a big back catalog of things that we've done over the last couple of years. Uh, support us by supporting the show and uh, help us do more cool stuff like buy an old Rolls Royce. Maybe <laughs> that's a terrible idea. I've, I already bought something old in the past two weeks and I'll tell you about it on the Patreon. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. Slip angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid live to say hello. Hello.